Job 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. From there to verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is talking, I believe, about the angels. And Satan, who had one time been the chiefest of angels, came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man? Now this is God talking here. Listen to what God said about Job. Have you considered Job? There's nobody like him in the whole earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And then the devil let us in on something. And I'll tell you what, this scripture right here, verse 9 and, and verse 10, is enough to make you shout a little bit. Because this is the devil. He said, he answered the Lord, said, Doth Job fear God for naught? And he said, Don't you think there's a reason Job's serving you? And here's what the devil said. He said, Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. This is what the devil said about Job. Let me go to chapter 42. Last chapter in the book of Job, Job 42, verse 8. Therefore, now this, let me back up to verse 7 because this is the Lord talking to Job's three friends. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath. And then he tells them what they're going to have to do. He said, I'm mad at you boys. And then in verse 8, he said, Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And listen to this, And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken to me the thing which is right, like my servant Job." So they went and took their, their sacrifice, and Job prayed for them, and God accepted that sacrifice when Job prayed it. Listen, verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Wow. Verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. 
And going down to the last verse, verse 16, this is where we hear the very last about Job. After this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. Let me read the last one. So Job died, being old and full of days. Okay, hang on. This is what I'm going to preach. Used, abused, accused, refused, and infused. Lord Jesus, thank you for letting us be in your house again today. I feel your sweet presence, and I feel your power lurking beneath the surface. God, in the power of the Holy Ghost, I take dominion of every spirit that has warred against our friends that are here today. And by the apostolic power of the name of Jesus, by the witness of the blood, by the witness of the spirit, by the witness of the word, I command those spirits into outer darkness not to trouble our friends anymore. I loose them to the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. You can be seated. I will try to be uh, conscious of the time. The book of Job is actually probably the oldest book chronologically in the Bible. As far as any of the books except Genesis where the, the creation begins. But Job is one of the oldest characters in the whole word of God. Although he's found here in the middle of the book, God chose to put his story there. And uh, it, it's an unusual book. It contains a lot of things that... Uh, uh, we look at and, and, and we say, I would never want to be a part of that. I wouldn't want that to come my way. One thing these scriptures do is uh, it illuminates to us what would happen in our lives if God removed his hand even for a short little span. Somebody told me the other day they felt like the, that they had walked away from God. And I, I'm going to rehearse this. I know you've heard it, but... Uh, you can't walk away from God. In your mind you not might, but physically you can't get away from Him for there is no place in the universe that God is not. We were in a service not long ago and we had a message in tongues and interpretation in that service and God said, I remember the days that you and I sat upon the hillside and we communed one with another. And I remember the days and, and the joy that we had one with another. And he said, but I also remember the day that you began to listen to voices that were not good. And I remember the day that you thought you turned and walked away from me. And he said, I heard you say I have walked away from God. But God spoke and said, but what you don't know is I followed you. I followed you. You can't walk away from somebody that keeps following you. And I'm just going to tell somebody in the building right now, you never got away from God. God has been there every moment of the day, every moment of the night. You might not have sensed him. You might not have saw him. You might not have felt him, but God has been there every moment of the day and the night. Praise God. Clap your hands all over the building to the 
There was a day when the sons of, of God came up and they presented themselves. And the devil having been an angel at one time and having been cast out of heaven because of the impurity of his heart and a third of the angels being cast out with him because of their impurity in their heart, the devil has the ability evidently to go back up and commune with God. The scripture said he is the accuser of the brethren. He loves to go and accuse you before God. But I want you to know something today. The devil, the, the devil cannot change the mind of God. The devil cannot change God's opinion of you. This is one thing that I learned from reading the book of Job. God already had his opinion about Job when he said, well, have, where you been, Satan? He said, well, I've been walking to and fro, going back and forth. I've been all over the earth. And, and, and the Lord said, well, have you, have you met my man Job yet? Can you believe this? God is bragging about Job. God is bragging about him. And the devil said, hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's just mean you get even on this thing. Let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Job has a reason to serve you. You built a wall and a hedge about him that I can't get over or under or through. Now, brothers and sisters, that ought to put your soul on fire. To have the devil himself say, God built a wall I couldn't get over. God built a hedge I couldn't get through. God is doing a work that I cannot overcome, praise God. I'm just going to tell you right now, there's a lot of time when the wind's blowing and the wolves are howling that I just stand there and enjoy the breeze. Because the devil can't get to me when God's with me, praise God. The devil can't get to my family when God's with me, praise God. I'm just going to tell you, the devil himself testified that there is a wall, there's a hedge that I can't get through. And so he said, but I tell you what, God, you take your hand off for a little bit and you watch, that old boy will be cursing you to your face. And God said, you know what? I'm just going to back up a step and let you try that man because I've got confidence that he'll never change. I'm going to tell you right now, through every moment of trial that Job went through, and I, I, I've looked all over the book. I've run all the references. I've got my concordance. I've got Google. I've got all the, 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 the things I could get to try to find and answer how long did Job's trial last. It was more than a few months, but evidently probably less than a year because when Job rehearsed it later, he talked about the days and the weeks and the months, but he never went into years. So I'm believing it was more than probably five or six months but it wasn't as long as a year and I believe there's a reason why God chose not to tell us how long that happened because invariably if somebody gets into a little bind they're going to get if God had said well it happened a year they'd say well in a year it'll be over with because that's what Job had I'm just going to tell you now if Job had not did what he did that could have gone on for years but Job hit on a secret Job hit on a key that that stopped it all in his tracks, reversed it all, praise God, and caused the blessings of God to flow back to him in double portion, praise the Lord. I come today with a word that's going to give somebody a key that will bring you out of that dark place you've been in, that will bring you out of that, 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 that trial you've been going through. I come with a word from the Lord that's going to allow somebody to walk out of here today 
with a new lease on life, with a new infusion of the power of God. Clap your hands again to the Lord in Jesus' name. When the Lord backed up a step and allowed, the, he, told, he put some parameters in. He said, you cannot take his life. You can't take his life. And so he said, you go right ahead. And the whole time this was going on down here on earth, God was in heaven bragging on Job. The whole time, oh my, 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 the next time you're going through a little trial, you might ought to just stop every once in a while and say, it don't matter what anybody's saying, God's bragging on me. It don't matter what the devil said. God knows my heart. God knows my life. Praise the Lord. The Lord said, I know Job. He's, got, he's, he's a perfect man. He's a man that loves God and hates evil. Praise God. God had already made his, his decision. It was not an assumption. The devil makes assumptions, but God don't make assumptions. God knows the truth. Amen? And so, as we look into this story, when we see that, that God allowed this to come into Job's life. Job was used for the glory of God. His life was used for the glory of God. God said, I'm going to get me glory out of this situation. I don't have time to go into it all, but the Lord said the same thing about Pharaoh when the children of Israel were down there and Moses went in and said, it's time to let these people go. God's got a place for them. And Pharaoh refused. God said, I'll get me glory out of this. I'll get me glory out of that old boy. I'll have that old boy convinced he will know that I am the Lord. And whatever I say is what will happen, praise God. God. I want you just to understand sometimes things happen in our life and it's God about to get glory out of it. When the three Hebrew children were cast into that burning fiery furnace God met them right inside the door. Praise God. They never saw him evidently but the evil king saw the Lord in there with them. There's a lot of times God's in your problems. God's in your situation. God's in your trouble time. You may not see him but it may be a witness to those on the outside that they are the servants of the living God. They are the children of the Most High. Oh, you ought to say praise the Lord. God is going to get glory out of this situation. Thank God. And so all of a sudden there, uh, there was a, an abusive situation that started. Job's children were lost. Job lost his cattle, his donkeys. He lost all of his possessions. He was a wealthy man. And it just began to go backward. All of his skill, all of his talent, all of his ability, all of his, his, his associations, they all began to turn their backs on him. They all begin to, to walk away from Job. I, I've often wondered, Brother Gandhi, what could have happened? How different would this story be if Job could have found one human being that would have believed in him, if he could have found one intercessor that would have stood beside him and made up the hedge, praise God. I wonder what could have happened if one person, praise God, could have stood there and said, Job, I don't understand it, but I'm going to stay with you. You know what? You're in a church like that today. You got a pastor like that today. You got a pastor's wife like that today. They will not condemn you. They will not put you down. They will not walk away from you. They will not allow that to come in. And they'll take your part. They'll take your part. They'll stand on your side. How, oh my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. That's the kind of man of God you want in your life. 
That's the kind of woman of God you want in your life. And if you hadn't made plans to come hear my sister preach tonight, you need to make plans. Some of you men probably do good to stand at the window and listen, praise God. Because she's got a word from the Lord. I said she's got a word from the Lord. And God's going to speak to these women here tonight. Revival is here. Revival is here. It's not coming. It's here. Talk to your neighbor and tell them it's here, praise God. My, 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 my. Job was used and he was abused. And then he had some friends that came along. Brother Mike, you know, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing for people to just stare at you. Now, I've never had a whole lot of problem with that because folks are, they, don't, don't, they don't travel across state lines to watch, look at me. But some of you good-looking fellas, y'all might have a little problem. Folks just, man, they just look at you all the time. I mean, man, look at that guy. He is shined up, man. He is, I mean, he looks like he come right out of GQ. Ah, my, 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 my. But you know what I want to tell you? It's uncomfortable. But when you got trouble already, when you got problems already, when you got things going backward, and Job didn't understand why it was happening. Job did not know that this was a contest between the Lord and the devil and that God was bragging about him and the devil was saying, no, you just let me mess with his stuff and I guarantee he'll curse you. Don't ever, 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 ever allow things to dictate whether you're in or out of the will of God. Don't ever let money dictate whether you're in or out of the will of God. Don't ever let your car or your house dictate whether God loves you or whether you are right with God. Let your heart and your mind and your spirit and let the word of God talk to you, amen? Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Don't let things dictate that. But I'm gonna tell you what, the whole time this was happening, Job was going through a really hard time. And then he has three buddies come along. And the Bible says that for seven days, Johnny, all they did was sit and look at him. Brother Conway, I'd have had to talk with them boys. <laughs> We'd have had a, I'm not from East Texas, I'm from Louisiana. We'd have had a Louisiana talk. But they just sat looking at him. Hmm. Wow. And then when they got through looking at him seven days, they decided, you did something wrong, and God's getting you. I'm going to tell you something. The devil didn't do it, my friend. When the devil said it, it was men that said it. You know, people can be more cruel than the devil. Oh, I waded off in a deep one right there. I can just tell you right now. <laughs> Anybody ever said anything bad about you? Anybody ever lied on you? Anybody in here ever been lied on? Oh, my, sometimes they tell the truth about you. It's not good. But when they lie about you, that's really not good. But I'm, I'm just going to tell you now, there's some people that will suspicion you right into problems you never did. They'll, they'll, they'll suspicion you. They got the gift of suspicion. Man, you better cut your eyes a different direction. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. They accused him. Anybody, uh, I'm not even going to ask that question because I already know there's somebody in this building that have been going through a situation very similar to what Job went through. People have treated you wrong. Men have spoken things they should not have spoken. Men who were, un oh my Lord in heaven in Jesus' name, who were not spiritual, people who were not in tune with God. Brother, they were not doing what you were teaching a while ago. That was really good. I'm telling you now we need to believe in one another we need I'm going to say that again we need to believe in one another regardless of what's happening in your life I'm going to believe in you my brother regardless of whether you got a nickel or you don't have a nickel I'm going to believe in you my friend and when I see you I'm going to get excited there's another child of God there's somebody else washed in the blood there's somebody with the name of Jesus applied to their life it doesn't matter if you're dead broke or you got money I'm going to believe in you Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe in you. I'm just going to tell you right now, I have made it a point that my life is going to be a life of encouragement. I'm going to encourage folks. It's just, it don't take any more breath to say something good than it does something bad. It does not take any more intellect to say, you know what, that shirt really looks good on you. And if you're a little uncomfortable with that, you don't want to hang around me long because it does not bother me one little bit to tell you, your shoes are prettier than mine. What size are they? Hey, we ought to all be that way. This ought to be the best place in the world to come with your new suit on. Somebody's going to say, man, look at you. Somebody's going to look at that dress and say, woman, what in the world? Where'd you get that at anyway? They'll even repent if they need to. Praise the Lord. Does this dress make me look? Don't even go there. Don't even go there. <laughs> That's a trap, and I'm not getting in it. I've been married 48 years, this beautiful lady right over here, and I am not getting in that trap. Job was used. He was abused. He was accused unrighteously. He was accused when there was nothing to accuse him about. There's somebody in this building today, the Lord told me to tell you, it doesn't matter what your accuser said, God believes in you. It does not matter what people are saying. God already knows. He said this is the story of Job. He's a good man. He's an upright man. He's a perfect man. He, he hates evil. He loves God. That's God's opinion. That's God's deduction. Praise God. Oh my, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord said about him. But the devil, given a chance, the devil will use you He'll abuse you. He'll accuse you. And here's the problem. If you let your spirit get out of whack, God will refuse you. Job, just for a little while, got into this deal of saying, I need to prove myself. And he spent about a chapter and a half going down this long list. If I have allowed the hungry to come to my house and I didn't feed them, then I could understand this.
He went down this long list. If I have allowed the widows and the orphans to go homeless around me, then I could understand that. Job, you don't need to justify yourself. Job, you're wasting your breath going there. You'll get yourself fouled up with God. Don't do it. Just stand up and live for God. Just stand up and praise Him. And finally, Job said, you know what? The skin worms may eat my flesh, but I will see my Redeemer, praise God. He said, my Redeemer liveth, hallelujah. When Job thought about it, he said, you know what? This is not because of sin I've done. This is not because of a shortcoming I've got. It's none of that. I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to magnify God anyway. I got a key for somebody right here. I got something you need to latch on to. You're going through a dry place. You're going through a hard place. People been turning their back on you. I'll tell you what you do. Just get with Jesus and praise him a while. Draw a circle all the way around you and get in the middle of it and praise God like there's not going to be a tomorrow. I'm telling you, pray through everything in that circle and let God be glorified. God, you woke me up this morning. God, you gave me breath to breathe. God, you gave me blood in my veins. God, you gave me. You rose, my Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody, there's a key right here that'll bring you out of that place if you will begin to praise him. When Job began to praise the Lord of glory, then God changed his heart so that Job could pray for those accusers. Everything was still going wrong, Brother Mike, until Job prayed for those that had abused him. Prayed for those that had accused him. Somebody needs to hear me now. I'm telling you, God spoke to me earlier this week and said there's going to be a person in that building. Matter of fact, I think there's several that have been abused, that have been used, that have been accused. All kinds of mess has happened in your life and you wonder why in the world is this happening? I'm just telling you now, if you'll take about three or four minutes and praise him, God's going to put something in your heart and when you pray that prayer, when you begin to pray for those that have talked about you, when you begin to pray for those that have been against you when you begin to pray for those that didn't understand you how oh, well, I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Holy Ghost don't expect everybody to understand don't expect everybody to get along you know what I'm happy we live in a church we live in a world and we've got a church we come to where we don't have to all dress just alike we don't have to all look just alike. We don't have to all walk just alike. We don't have to all talk just alike. This is not a cookie cutter deal. I'm telling you now, you've got your own relationship with God. You've got your own walk with God. I may not understand it, but I'll give you credit and say, hey, God can use you in ways he can't use me. God can do things in your life he can't do in mine. I'm just telling you now, we got to allow. What would you, would you say while I go forbearing one another? But you know what that means? That means putting up with. Putting up with. Oh, my, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost. Sister Bradshaw, we got to learn to put up with one another. We got to learn to put up with one another. Put up with, somebody came to me one day and they're telling me all about this dream they've had and this vision they had. I'm thinking, wow, you need to write that in Revelation. 
But Brother Mike, you know what? The Holy Ghost checked me and said, wait a minute, there's been days when you've told some pretty wild tales too and they were all true. God did things in your life maybe he didn't do in your brothers. Don't think you're better than him. No, 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 don't do that. And when your brother tells you, don't think you, that he's off the wall. God's dealing with him, talking to him, doing something in him he wants to do in that life. He may not ever deal with you that way, but I'm gonna thank God that he deals with them. I'm gonna thank God that he talks to them. I'm going to thank God that he talks to me, praise God. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, if we can ever learn to forbear one another and we can pray for one another and pray for those that have accused us, have abused us, there's a key that'll unlock the door. There's a key that'll open up that dry spell you've been in. This story reminds me so much of what happened with Jesus. You know, we love that scripture that says, unto him that is able, to do exceeding abundantly. There's a whole bunch of superlatives right here. They, they told me one time, I, I love to write. I don't, I don't know why I hadn't wrote more, but I, I love to write. And, and God's gifted me with a brain that I can write when, when, I, when I put myself to it. But, but when I was studying one time, they, they told me, look, don't use too many superlatives because if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Somebody didn't tell Paul about that. But they forgot to tell Paul because Paul said unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or even think. Brother, we got a God that can go beyond your ability to even think about it. He can bless you in ways you can't even imagine. He can bless you with things you never even thought could be possible. I'm just telling somebody that's what the word said about the God we serve. He'll go beyond your imagination. He'll go into that realm that we say is a God thing. Clap your hands about a God thing. Sister Cassie, God can bless you in ways you never dreamed. He can take that land you got out there and bless you with that land in ways you never even thought. Of. You ought to just get a hold of that and say, yes, Lord. You ought to just go ahead, hey, Lord, that's, I'll take that. I believe that. He can bless you above and beyond what you ask or think. That's a God thing. But I want to tell you what the Bible tells us about another God thing. Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, he was alone and he was hungry. He fasted 40 days and nights. Woo, that's not intermittent fasting. That's straight, solid 40 days and 40 nights. The devil finally came and said, Hey, uh, if you really, who are you? Say you are, turn it over there into bread. There's some little rocks over there in that desert that look a lot like a little uh, pone of bread. I've never seen a rock look like a bread. I've never been that hungry, brother Mike. But I have been hungry enough I thought about stopping and licking the McDonald's sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chicken nuggets to go. Hallelujah. Me and my grandboy love it. We, we go to McDonald's and somebody says, oh, them things are nasty. Go ahead and eat whatever you want to eat. I like them. Ooh, and I had to stay off of them because they do me good when I get on them, praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord went into that wilderness. The Spirit led him in there because there were some things that had to happen. He was, uh, he was tempted of the devil. 
The devil tempted him in three different ways. I won't go into them. But let me show you something. He went into that wilderness in the power of God. And he came out of that wilderness in the power of God. And right after that wilderness, there came miracle after miracle after miracle. So many that the Bible said if they all were written down, the world couldn't contain the books thereof. I'm talking to somebody. You've been in a wilderness. You, you, The Spirit led you in there. And you've been worshiping God and praising God. But it's been a dark, lonely place. I'm telling somebody though there's a secret that'll bring you out of that wilderness there's a secret in this service today that will break you out of that time and allow you to walk in the fruitfulness of the Holy Ghost and allow you to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost God's going to answer your prayers God's going to work miracles in your life if you will allow God to turn you into the person you need to be today rather than trying to prove your rightness rather than trying to fight your own fight let the Lord fight that fight praise God and learn to praise him in the middle of your wilderness learn to praise him in the middle of your trial learn to praise him and when you do God's going to turn it all around and multiply it lift your hands and love him brother Cruz if you'll come I'm going to close in Jesus name when, when, when he began to pray for those accusers the Bible said God blessed him double portion Oh, I'm speaking a double portion blessing into somebody's life here today. I'm speaking a double portion restoration into somebody's life right here today, praise God. Things you lost are coming back. Things you lost are walking back in, praise God. People that left you are gonna call you on the phone and say, I don't know what was going on. I don't understand it, but how you been? Like nothing's happening, but I'm gonna tell you right now, during the dark time, during the trial time, during the time that all this was going on, God still believed in you God still was bragging on you God was just waiting on you to turn your attention to him and begin to praise him in the middle of your trial praise him in the middle of your darkness praise him in the middle of all of that stuff praise God hallelujah 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 you and abused and accused and refused and infused. God infused him. It was a supernatural injection of the power of God that came into his life and turned that whole thing around. The disciple John, who later became the apostle John, was the youngest of all the disciples, of the 12 major disciples. He was just a lad of a boy. These other men were older. Some of them owned businesses. Simon Peter owned a shipping business, a fishing business, had about five or six boats. He was a very successful man. One of them was a tax collector. John probably found himself wondering sometimes, why, why am I here with all these Older guys. How, why, why, how did God choose me? I'll tell you why. Because God saw a heart in him that didn't care what anybody thought about him. John wrote more about the love of God than any of the other disciples. John wrote stories in his book that nobody else wrote about. Because John was young and he was impressionable. And he saw things from a different perspective. He just wrote things that others didn't see. 
And time passed. Paul was beheaded. Simon Peter was crucified upside down. All of the early disciples and apostles died except John. John was the one that sat at the Last Supper. And the Bible said he was so close to the Lord that he actually laid his head over on Jesus' chest. He didn't mind getting close to God. He didn't care what anybody thought. And in 96 A.D., John was the only one of those originals still alive. John was at one time, I believe, the pastor of the church at Jerusalem. They caught him. They tried to break him. They beat him. They stoned him. History records that they poured boiling oil on his body, trying to get him to say that Jesus is not the one true God. And he wouldn't do it. And finally, in frustration, my brother, they took him out to an isle called Patmos, an island where they carried people with dreaded diseases and let them die by themselves. An island where they carried crooks and murderers and left them there to starve. The only thing that John saw when they laid him off on that island was rib cages and skulls and decaying bodies. Brother Mike, they rode away from there feeling very confident we'll never have to bother with this man again. And it would have been so, except for one thing. John refused to die that way. The scripture said it very simply, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And I heard a voice behind me that said, come up here, John. And the book of Revelation is what happened when John was pulled by the Spirit off that island. And John actually saw the things that Abraham only looked for. Abraham wanted to see that city whose builder and maker was God. John described it. John, I believe, walked through it. He saw the walls of jasper. He saw the gates of pearl. He saw the streets of gold. He saw the mansions on the hillside. He saw the river of life and the tree of life. John, you should have been dying down there. But rather than dying, you spent your time getting in the spirit. Rather than, oh my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Rather than letting the accusations get to you. Rather than letting the abuse get to you. Rather than letting your spirit get tainted by all of that stuff. Up, you found yourself a place and began to praise him and began to magnify him and the Lord said come up here John there's another whole book you're going to write you're not nearly about done yet son come up here John there's things you got to do yet that nobody can do but you praise God John there's things I'm going to show you that only Paul saw before he died John there's things I'm going to reveal to you because you did not allow your spirit to get tainted by the abuse and by the accusations and by the th trials you went through. I'm telling somebody in this building right now, if you've been in that valley long enough, 
All you got to do is walk down here to this altar and begin to praise him and magnify him and God is going to turn your situation around. I'm just going to go ahead and prophesy into this atmosphere where you're in here right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying a break. I'm in the name of Jesus. I'm prophesying angels coming and taking those chains off of you. In the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying. Oh, the joy of the Lord flowing like a river into your soul. By the power of the Spirit, I'm prophesying. Into this building, the God of glory turning your captivity around. Turning your situations around. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you the abuse is going to end. The accusations are going away. And the liberty and the power and the glory of God is going to be infused into you like you've never had it before. The power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. Walk out of that chair. Walk out of that row of chairs and walk right down here and begin to praise him. Get in the spirit on the Lord's day and let God turn it all around for you. Let God turn your life around. Let God turn your life around. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is breaking chains. The Holy Ghost is breaking chains. Oh, in the name of the Lord. 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 Come on. Come on. There's about a half a dozen more that ought to be down here praising God. There's about a half a dozen more that you can get your victory right now by the power. There it is right there. There it is right there. The power of God. The power of God flowing right there. Go ahead, sit the gale, hand on her. And speak it in Jesus' name, liberty. In Jesus' name, it's all going to turn around. In Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The power of God, the power of God, the power of God. The power of God. If you're here today and you need the Holy Ghost, you ought to be down here right there praising God. You ought to be around here saying, God, I'm sorry. I want to be forgiven. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to be lining up and saying, Pastor, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Oh, there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. Walk out into that liberty. Walk out into that liberty. Walk out into that liberty.